Welcome to the Humble Hoof Podcast. My name is Alicia Harlov. This is a podcast for both horse owners and hoof care professionals, offering discussions into various philosophies on the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Please check us out on Facebook or at thehumblehoof.com. I became interested in track systems when my gelding Vinny was diagnosed with navicular disease and soft tissue damage. Through some online searches, I found the idea of track system rehab facilities and my obsession began. Track systems are a different way of turnout and living for horses, where the paddocks are formed into paths with fencing, various surfaces, and even things like obstacles to encourage the horse to move more. The feed or hay is placed far from the water or shelter, for example, to encourage the horse to travel these paths with their herds. What many of us have seen with track systems is the byproduct of this continual movement in the herd. Horses with hoof-related soundness issues, such as laminitis, navicular, underrun heels, broken back angles, and other distortions and pathologies, improve rather quickly on a track-style setup. Through my interest in track systems, I stumbled upon Gosworth Track Livery, run by Bethan Summers. She takes in a variety of rehab cases onto her track, and I reached out to her to talk to us about tracks. I actually don't even really know this story. I know bits and parts of it, but can you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in lameness rehabilitation? Okay, so when I met my partner, we met on a traditional livery yard, and he moved his horse back to the, the family farm, and... I went there we were dating and I went to the farm and he said oh you know I want to do a livery yard one day and I said right okay but then I was so disillusioned with the traditional livery yard and so I found I can't even remember where I'd seen about track systems I don't even remember but we were on a night out one day one night sorry we were quite or we'd have one too many to drink, should I say. And I said, oh, I've seen this system, you know. We're in, a, we're in a nightclub, really loud music, sat on this sofa. And I was like shouting into his ears, I see this system. And he was like, what, what do you mean? I said, well, these horses live around the edge on a track and it's surfaced. Uh, and the hay, because what it was, my father-in-law was complaining that the horses were churning, like traditional farmers do. Oh, the horses are churning up the grass and they're making a mess and, my partner was like, oh, why, why didn't you tell me about this before? And I said, well, it's a barefoot thing. And my horse was barefoot, but his wasn't. And he, I said to him, I said, oh, I thought you'd think I'd be one of these, you know, I'm already a barefoot hippie. I didn't think, want you to think I was a bit any more crazy than you thought, already thought I was. He says, no, that's, that's a great idea. So the actual question about lameness rehabilitation, it, what, that really wasn't how I, it wasn't the first thought we were wanted to do a track system and we thought of it more as a weight loss solution than for lameness and I did like I say my horse was barefoot but I, I didn't really have any kind of idea about uh, barefoot rehab or the benefits of it my horse was barefoot because I'd had a, uh, some surgery and I wasn't riding so I'd taken the shoes off and I just never got around to putting them back on and she always seemed okay so I never bothered. So anyway, we created the track and we noticed, well, there's a community with track systems and, and also that leads into that barefoot horses. And then it's a natural progression. Then there's, you see the benefits of barefoot and what it can do. And then it does 
seem to fix lameness issues. So kind of fell into it, if if you like. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I love track systems. I hope to have a track system type facility someday. Mm. Um, but a lot of people, this might be the first time they're ever hearing about it. So um, can you explain what a track system is and maybe some of the appeal of it to those of us that have utilized it? So a track system can be as simple as you've got your field and you just put an inner fence. So the horses live on the perimeter of the field and you would have hay stations and you would typically have the hay the furthest point away from the water and other resources like shelter, minerals. And then you can add all kinds of enrichment things, like scratching posts, sand pits, lots of other things. So, but the basic is you'd have an inner perimeter fence, which would create a track around the edge and you would have the hay stations dotted about, but you would always try and keep the water the furthest point away as horses naturally in the wild would move up to 30 miles a day in search of resources, trekking for food, to water, to minerals, to shelter, things like that. And so that would be the basic track system. Yeah. And I know that you've had you know, at least two different facilities now. And how have you set it up in the past? Do you usually do like just the perimeter fencing or have you done other yeah. configurations? So originally our first track, it's it's quite tricky over here in the UK. We are bound by a lot of planning laws and restrictions. You can't just go chucking, you know, for a basic grass track, a dirt track, you don't need any planning permission. But to put surfaces down, depending on where you are in the country, most local councils do require planning permission. So our original track was, was just the perimeter around a field. And our current one now is the track around the perimeter of the field. And then we are, this is just our temporary one. And then the next one, the, the first plan, is just going to be a perimeter track but then we are going to progress further to doing different configurations and adding in uh, different pathways. So the first one was going to have extensions to it, but that never happened. But it just shows that you can have just a perimeter track and still be very successful with uh, rehabilitation, weight loss, getting horses moving and seeing the results after it. You don't have to have fancy configurations you know i've seen pictures of tunnels and bridges and water features um steps oh we have had steps on the first one all kinds of different things but it is not absolutely essential yeah and and what kind of decision goes into like how wide to make that perimeter fencing so uh, if you're having just a grass if you're having a grass track which eventually the whole point of a track system is for it to become grass free. So I feel that you need, if you're doing a grass track, you don't want it too wide because it, the grass will keep coming through. You need the traffic over the ground to wear away the grass. But then you've also got to take into consideration how many horses you have got. So it's got, you've got to find the balance between wearing the grass away but also it's got to be safe. 
So say if you've just got two horses of your own at home and it's a dirt track, you can have that track, you know, some of the, the main runs of it, two or three metres wide. And because you've got your own horses and they've lived together for however long and it's safe, you know, the horses get on, you're okay with that. But then you'd want the feeding areas and your corners and loafing areas where they maybe rest and play and roll. You could have that wider you know, some people have it as big as men are. She's big loafing areas, but you do want wider bits so they can roll around and play. So the corners, you could have like eight meters. But again, if you're not surfacing it, and why you're looking for a track system is for a, a grass-free life, you need to take into consideration if that grass is going to be worn away. There's no point in doing it, and then you have corners of lush green grass growing through. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you said that you started it originally for your horses and weight management, right? So how yeah. did it sort of spill into having well, horses? We were always going to do a liver and it was just going to be, I just imagined it would be lots of fat little ponies just <sighs> running around and that would be it. That would what we would offer and that would be the only benefit I didn't, you know, and all, obviously horses living free in a herd and having the choice to come in and out that was our uh, a goal but then comes along people find out about what you do and people search for grass-free living because here in the UK because we have such fertile land and the weather really lends itself for growing lots of grass many uh, livery yards are situated on ex-dairy farms so there's a lot of grass and so many, many horses here in the UK are suffering from laminitis and many of them live their summer months, spring months, it locked in stables and maybe a sand pen or turnout in the menage if they are lucky. So to find a facility with large grass-free areas is really quite rare. So we had some horses and you start fixing them and we put it on Facebook and we've got the page, which many people uh, follow us. And you become, you, you fix one or two horses and you become a bit of a magnet for all the sick horses in the UK. You've got to remember a track system was created. The idea was created by James Jackson from America, Paddock Paradise. So we went off his uh, concept. So, if you put his concept into place, you do not need to be a lameness rehabilitation expert. If you give horses the tools they need and a species-appropriate lifestyle, they will heal themselves with quite minimal input from us humans. If you give them the correct diet, movement, freedom, surfaces to move over, everything else kind of it all falls into place and they just turn up because i i used to be putting all this money and work into it because i was uh was surfaced so it took a lot of time and money and i was thinking what if nobody comes and my mum kept saying to me beth don't worry build it and they will come and they did and so by surface, do you obviously mean that you've put down different footing and in various areas of the track yeah so originally, uh, like I say, it was 2018, I think. And it was a really hot summer. And so we were lucky. It was just a grass track, but all the grass got burnt off. It didn't rain for like six weeks. and It was super, super hot. So 
we were able to take some of the overweight horses, horses with laminitis, we could take them. And every month we were able to buy a little bit more surface. So as we went along, we were just, we were just creeping and growing. We put a bit more surface down, a bit more surface down. So road planing, sand, crushed rock, crushed stone, all types of different aggregates. And eventually we, we got it fully surfaced. That's amazing. Yeah. And I know how expensive that can be because I yeah. built a little track for my gelding and just even buying a little bit of pea gravel. I'm not even sure yeah. if, if you call it pea gravel over there, but. Yeah, pea gravel. <laughs> pea gravel travels. And if you can't keep it boxed in, it will just disappear and go very thin on the yeah. ground. And then it, uh, all it spills over onto concreted areas. This is, this is our experience anyway. It spilled out onto like concreted areas, which then, uh, because a horse standing on deep pea gravel, you know, it moves and molds to the underside of the foot. But on concrete, if it's just one or two pieces, it can dig in mm-hmm. and it, it hurts. So, and we, we have to, we had vehicles going around our track because it was a large track. So we had to tractors and quad bikes and pickup trucks going around it to put hay out to poo pick to do repairs and everything else that goes along with it it just moved we couldn't we couldn't keep it where it needed to be to be beneficial so for it to be beneficial it needs to be quite deep right for it to have the therapeutic uh, qualities that are needed for it to be good for uh, rehab so if you can keep it and maintain it like that it's brilliant but if you can't and we couldn't because it was such a vast area it just it just disappeared and it was more hassle than it was worth yeah absolutely so how do you manage the mud is it do you just use the footing do you use any of those like mud mats well at the minute we've got we have got the concrete sleepers over there which are old concrete railway sleepers which are like bit about 12 foot long, like big beams made of concrete that we put together and they make big like islands. So the whole, where the feeding stations are, there are these big concrete feeding pads. So that's okay. I mean, the horses are fine in the mud, but mm. the pe- we can't get round to poop pick to put the hay out. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just hard. It's just really difficult. So once we get our planning permission through the field next door, it's a 12-acre field. That's where we're planning to have our new track that will be fully surfaced. We'll have a brand new barn, a purpose-built barn this time. So our old barn was an old cattle shed. So this one will be purpose-built for the horses. And it's going to be a lot wider, the track is this time. It's going to be eight metres wide, where it was only four metres before. And we're having, I've already bought the horse netting fencing, which is a lot safer for them. They can't get tangled up in it. They can't go through it. Um, So, yeah, it'll be a lot easier to sleep at night. No no one's going to get tangled in any fences. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, these horses are coming in and obviously, you know, they're, they're, with you for a certain amount of time what improvements have you seen while they're at your livery yard because of the tracks or that you would attribute to the track so a lot of horses come to us laminitic overweight 
and they'll come to us very inflamed. So they'll have big crests, big hard crests. And what a lot of people don't notice is very swollen uh, sheaths mm-hmm. on the geldings. And it's amazing how many people don't realise this isn't healthy and it isn't normal. Horses should not have big swollen sheaths. It's not right. So within being uh, being grass-free within the first seven days, we will notice that sheath will go down through being off the grass and through movement. And within two to three weeks, the neck the crest will start to soften fat pads that were very hard will start to soften and over between we have a minimum of three months stay um and you will notice from day one to the end of the three months you will see a dramatic decrease in fat pads hard crests and sheaths and they will seem a lot happier and more comfortable in themselves and yeah yeah that's one huge thing that i've seen is a benefit to their body and even just building yeah. up muscling too because they're moving more and obviously i've seen posts that you do about the feet and can you talk a little bit about improvements you see in their feet yeah so many horses come to us they've been charged they've lived a life in a stable and a small some of them live in just post stamp sized paddocks on their own some of them are more lucky they go out in in groups or herds they'll get hacked some of them but they do not get the exposure to the different surfaces that are needed to have a healthy functioning foot so some of the navicular horses that we get what we see is with all of them is the back of the foot is pretty much non-existent so there's like no digital cushion. The frogs are usually shriveled and narrow. And the, the, the pedal bones, they can be very broken back and negative palm angles. So when they go out on the surfaces, that stimulation from the different surfaces, we will see quite rapidly within, within the first month, you'll start to see the digital cushion regenerating, the frogs widen the horses become more comfortable and the the whole structure of the foot will change some and this can still happen even with boots on we use equine fusion boots and we will still the horses will still get stimulation from the surfaces even through the boots from the extra movement of walking around and being on those different surfaces wow yeah i think most of us know rehab takes time We all wish it was instantaneous, but like with human injury and pathology, horses need to heal, strengthen, and build up other areas of their hoof and body to compensate for weak areas. None of us like to see horses sore or uncomfortable, and I think that's why a lot of us got into hoof rehab in the first place. We want long-standing soundness. Bethan also stresses how she worries about horses during rehab, and there are lots of ups and downs. She mentioned having a three-month minimum stay on the track system to give the horses a chance to heal, while also watching their movement carefully, using boots and pads as needed, and letting them carefully work through their injuries and pathologies at their own pace, like physical therapy. 
And actually, you something you said made me think of another question. So you mentioned that you have a minimum of a three-month stay. And what's yeah. the average amount of time that horses are there? Or is it like a permanent livery that they stay there? Some some stay with us forever. Some come to us just because they want a more natural way of life. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, they just want a more natural way of life. Some come just for three months because that's all the insurance will pay every horse is different but i do say a minimum of three months because in the beginning you know i'd never run a track system there's no handbook really to go along with running a track system livery yard in the uk so you can you have to be very careful not to become a bed and breakfast type thing you know people just are using you as a stopgap yeah so that was the original reason putting in the three-month stay because a lot goes into integrating a horse into it the herd a lot of work from us and keeping them safe because it, it's quite it's the hardest part of running the track system is introducing new horses to the herd because no matter how wide you make it or how big a track system is it is still a restricted environment it is so hard emotionally and it's mentally draining i lose sleep over it that you know these people ring me up and they're desperate we are sometimes the last port of call for people and you know these horses have been through everything these owners have nurtured them and nursed them through so much and then they've micromanaged every aspect of the life they've been weighing hay and every feed and supplement and this and that and the other and they hand this horse over to me and I have to integrate it into this track system with sometimes 20 other horses right and it's scary but we at the old track we had the barn that we could put pens in we had a gate system that when the gates were opened it created like uh, these big holding pens so they would stay in there for a time until they seemed settled and then we would let them out and i mean we've had i can't even count oh 40 30 40 horses in and out through our track and touch wood you know we've never had any real serious injuries but then you've got to remember you know for for you and i horses living in a herd is normal but i see horses with scuffs and scrapes and bite marks and and and, and kick marks but the, the you know, they're not really, they're not, they are broken the skin, the kick marks. When they haven't got shoes on, we've never had a broken leg or anything like that. But yeah. I try to tell owners and prepare them for what, you know, what could happen. And it's written in the contract that, that there's a list of things that can happen to your horse. They can run through a fence, they can jump through a fence, they can try to jump through a fence and not make it and get tangled up in it. Uh, another horse can bite them, take a big chunk out of them. They can have hair bits of mane ripped out of these are things that can and do happen but i always say to them what you've come from is your horse living in a box about to die so it's it's you know you've got to make a decision on what you want to do and many owners they say they can deal with it but the reality of it when it happens is they can't and then we get blamed for it and our name is you know mod and we're terrible people but I do try to explain people to people and owners. We try to keep them as safe as possible. But once we let them off that head collar and we go to bed at night because we can't walk around with them constantly. We we don't have control and we don't know what's going to happen. But 
you know, we have cameras on them. We try to be there and watch them as much as possible. But there are times when you just can't be there and things do happen. And it is just something that's taken a long time for me to be able to deal with. And I speak to all the track system owners and this is, this is one of the biggest issues, should I say. Yeah. And, you know, obviously all that integration takes so much consideration and time. Mm. And I, I totally understand why you want them there at least a few months, not even just for that, but because the worst thing is somebody to drop their horse off and then see them in the middle of a part of their rehab and think things aren't going well and just take them out and think it's failed I've when they just this. really haven't ha- done it long enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've had this. We had a horse and he had everything his feet were, it was the end of the road for this horse. Navicular, negative palm angles, all these problems. And he came in wedgies, pads. I think he had heart bars. I can't remember if he had heart bars on or not. Screws, wood and screws into his feet and casts on his feet. The, the feet were totally immobilised. Mm-hmm. And he came with these things on his feet and... Within three weeks, we saw a huge change in him. The feet were coming on so well. But this horse came from a big fancy dressage yard. And, you know, living out with our lot, they, they've got to rough it a bit. And they got dirty and he was playing. And he, he did really well. But one of the main things we have with rehabbing hooves is they can abscess. We do see quite a lot of abscesses with the restructuring of the foot, especially laminitics. And this horse was going through an abscess and the owner came and she didn't like it. And she came with a box and picked him up and took him away. And that was that. And it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It's hard because it's sort of, you know, if we're used to seeing this process and, you know, knowing how long it takes, it's hard when Mm. an owner is just wanting a result. Um, And that's true just even in trimming, you know, as what I do now is that, Things take time and we can't always say how long it'll be or exactly what the Mm. process will look like. But we know, you know, in most of the cases, they go from here to here, you know, a much better spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried to explain as as well, the majority of the time they can get worse before they get better as well. Especially if a horse has come with shoes on, I do say there is an adjustment period. This horse is going to look uncomfortable for a little while when the shoes come off we put boots on them but like i say especially with laminitics they can abscess and it, it there's there's lots of sole and frog can shed and it can be quite alarming but it's so hard sometimes to get it through to people that this is this is part of the process and you've got to stick with it but majority do stick with it and it is the minority that pull the plug and so you know with that being said about you know you you put all this time into having them on a track they get better can they go back to a normal boarding situation or should these horses be on a track for the rest of their life there are so we have got some that you could never go back but when, when we say normal this the, this is what track systems are trying to achieve and get the message across the way we keep horses is not correct it's not species appropriate yeah. It's not, it shouldn't be the norm. That shouldn't be normal. You know, if you look at a human prison complex 
and look at a traditional livery yard, there are very, very few differences. The horses live in cells. They get taken out for exercise. They get put in pens for exercise. So, you know, even some of these fancy stables have have feed pot bowls that like come out of the stable and then you put the dumps of food in it and it spins round and goes back into the stable. Do you know, So you don't even have to walk into the stable. And it's like, why are we keeping horses like this? Why would we do that? We, it, it, you know, there's all these adverts out there about dogs being kept in kennels, in shelters, in dogs' home, and everyone hates dogs living like that. And they're so desperate for dogs to be adopted into homes. But we, we do this to horses. We keep them in these boxes and deny them the social interaction that they're genetically programmed for, how which is how they feel safe and secure. And then we wonder why horses behave so badly and we wonder why we walk into livery yards and through American barns, you know, the setup of an American barn, and horses are lunging over the gates, over the doors with the ears back, trying to bite people, trying to bite each other. They're kicking and squealing at the walls. And people are blind and deaf to it now. They don't see it. I hate going to a traditional livery yard now because I just see horses... If they, if horses could cry and whimper like a dog, we wouldn't do it to them. And honestly, one thing that I always tell owners is that, you know, if they're looking for healthier feet on their horses, movement to me has trumped everything that I have focused on. Yeah. I have seen yeah. horses that are have been perfectly managed in every single way, and they don't get enough movement, and their feet mm. show it. Whereas I've seen oh, horses yeah. that have not been managed in other ways, like maybe their diet's not perfect, or maybe they're not, you know, handled as much as I want, or their feet don't get picked as much as I would like, and their feet mm. are so much better because they get continuous movement all the time over different surfaces and it's like their yeah. their foot almost takes care of itself almost like a horse would in the wild like they don't have their yeah. feet picked out they don't have a perfect no. diet but they're moving so much that their feet have to develop so yeah that's it this is exactly it it's the foot is like a muscle and if that muscle can't operate how it's supposed to operate it will atrophy it will shrivel up and it all it won't be as it should be, and it won't be healthy, and it won't be strong. The digital cushion shrivels up, the frogs shrivel up, and then the, the, the internal structures aren't supported the way they're supposed to be supported, and everything starts to break down. And then this is where all these lameness issues are coming from. And I remember being on traditional livery yards, and every other horse had a pulled tendon or a suspensory ligament problem. And it was because horses are locked up in boxes for hours, days at a time, and especially in the winter. And then they get turned out on cold legs. They go charging around in mud, sliding everywhere, and they pull something or damage something, strain something. And this is where we get all these injuries. On our track, touch wood again, we don't see this. We don't see these injuries. We very rarely see horses charging around on the track. Yeah, it's not a normal. We don't see horses hooning around. We don't. We don't really. The horses on a, on tracks tend to move around more quietly. We we get it occasionally, but then whereas horses in fields, you're getting that bringing in, turning out, bringing in, turning out, and there's a bring in time. It's carnage at the gate. There's horses trying to kill each other. They're in deep mud, biting, kicking at each other, and then they're turned out. And they go, they go racing down the field into the fence, sliding into the fence. 
we, we don't get that. We don't have those, those problems. Some people build tracks just for improved movement, to build top line, or to have horses lose weight. Many of us with a hoof focus, though, want to see healthier feet and lameness rehabilitated. I asked Bethan for her routine and process when new horses arrive to her track and what she does to set them up for success. Yeah. But I know that you've touched upon it like the whole time we were talking, but can you comment a little bit on what kind of cases you see coming in for rehab and how you, you know, when they come in, what's their normal like initiation? Do they get their shoes pulled? Do they, you know, go on a specific diet or can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we have laminitics coming in, navicular cases coming in, mystery lameness issues coming in so straight away they are in our barn in one of the pens and if they've got shoes on our trimmer comes out chris chris simpson he's wonderful he's been with us from the beginning i would never use anybody else he comes out we take the shoes off and we tend not to take any foot off when the shoes first come off we don't do a trim because of our surfaces like i say there is an adjustment period so the horses need that extra bit of foot that they've got to uh, keep them more comfortable. Um, And we assess how comfortable they are. Uh, Some horses can go straight out on the track uh, without boots. Uh, Some need boots. And we are very kindly uh, sponsored by Equine Fusion. So they supply us with lots of boots, which is great. This is another issue with owners that we we encounter quite a lot. Owners come to us and it's like, always on this supplement and that supplement and this feed and that feed and we detox everything from the diet we will not give them anything for a while we just want to especially the laminitics we want to just detox everything and then we'll slowly bring things back in because sometimes it can be in the feed we have stopped owners bringing their own feed because we find that they were just feeding stuff that wasn't really helping the horses. And a lot of supplements are just a waste of money, a waste of time, and it's, they weren't really doing anything. So they would stay in the barn for however long I feel. Some horses seem really settled straight away. Some are, you know, they need a bit more time. It can be, it can be two days up to two weeks. And the pens, uh, we, have, we had two pens, so we would take it in turns we would put a different horse in next to them until we found one that was quite a good pal with them and then the pen the gate in the middle which separated the two pens we would open so it'd make one huge pen so then the new horse and one of our herd horses would pal up with them and eventually we would we would let them out and yeah they just they go off and they go off around the track and they eat and then our trimmer will come and reassess them again in a couple of weeks and we'll do a tidy up trim. And most of the time we see, even without them being trimmed by our trimmer, we see a dramatic change in the hoof shape. The horse will wear off a lot of the hoof that they no longer need. We've seen horses come in with, with nail holes going quite high up. And then by the time our trimmer comes back out, the nail holes are totally gone because the hoof is worn and exfoliated to where it naturally would be. And it makes you wonder, all these horses have been walking around on feet. They were, they were, they were the wrong shape for them. And have you had any cases that have really surprised you? Like they came in and you were, 
you know, unsure if, you know, how they would come along and they really did well? Yeah, so Dolly too, she was a laminitic and she had a severe rotation in her front left hoof and the owner contacted me and this mare had been on seven months of box rest already. She sent me a picture of the x-ray and the pedal bone was like a mill from coming through the sole. I'd shown the x-rays to vets and they were like, Bethan, do not take this horse on. You, they won't even be able to travel it to you. It won't get to you. It'll be, it, it's pedal bone will be through its foot by the time it gets to you. And there's no point in even trying. And I was quite reluctant to take this horse, but the owner was desperate. So we took it on and the horse turned up and she she was very overweight and the feet were a real mess. I didn't think, I thought we're going to take these shoes off and it's going to go out on the track. And I even thought that the surfaces would pierce her paper thin sole. I was, it was terrifying, to be honest with you. We did put boots on her, but she did well. And we noticed within two or three weeks of being with us, just underneath the coronet band came a very, very sharp, deep indentation, which seemed very, it was like the new growth coming through. Yeah. But it seemed really, really steep, and I didn't, we didn't know what it was, and we were so concerned. But what it was, because we've got the diet and lifestyle correct, her the, the pedal bone, lamina, and hoof wall finally all connected and pulled itself all back where it should be, and then that line, that indentation, that new growth line, that healing angle, we call it, over the months grew down. Huge, the huge lamina wedge grew out and she. we went through lots of ups and downs. But I always say to people, rehab and recovery is not linear. It, it doesn't go from point A to point B in a straight line. Not very often anyway. There's ups, there's downs. It's two steps forwards, one step back. And we had Dolly did relapse a little bit with, um, we had to worm her because she had a worm burden and the wormer and probably the worms dying in her gut caused some kind of toxicity and it set her back and it took, it, there was a point where I thought we were going to lose her but we brought her back again and after five months of being with her we had a re-x-rayed and it, it was really quite nerve-wracking because she'd been quite sore and I was worried that the rotation had come back or it's rotated again. And I, in my mind, I was convinced that I was going to look on the x-ray and see the pedal bone crumbling away, demineralizing. Yeah. But lo and behold, she had about a centimetre and a half of thick sole. The pedal bone was in the correct alignment, the correct place. And she was doing really, really well. And she's gone from strength to strength. And she's still with us now, doing really well. But I don't think this is one that will never be able to go back to living on grass. So her owners do live quite far away, but they're happy for her to be with us and know she's safe. Right. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, that was kind of my last wrap-up question. You do. I follow your page and you do great. And oh, changing, you. getting the horse's diet right, changing the diet and... Getting the movement, the number one 
benefit. You've got to you've got to get the horse moving. We've had horses come with holes in tendons, and where the traditional therapy would be box rest. And we've had them on a track moving, and they've been rescanned, and the holes closed up. So horses, even with holes in their tendons, can recover whilst moving yeah. on a track system. Right. So it's not, you know, even these even these injuries where people would say, oh, it's got to be box rest. It doesn't always have to be box rest, and there are alternatives. And there's people like yourself and me, other track system owners, Rockley Farm, that are pushing for this species appropriate way of living and we need to get people and owners asking and demanding for this way of living because if they don't ask for it nobody will supply it it's a supply and demand basically right yeah awesome well i think this was really great well thank you so much Lovely. okay no worries have a great rest thank of your you. day and you bye bye, bye. I always say that I'm slightly more hoof obsessed than the average person, and chances are, if you're listening to a hoof care podcast, you are too, so we should probably be friends. Feel free to find me on Facebook or email me at thehumblehoof at gmail.com.